Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Dirtfish Rally friends, and a very warm welcome back to Spin the Rally Pod. Um, well, what's the lineup for you today? There's myself, obviously, Colin Clark, uh, and joining me, as he was in Spain, it's Luke Barry. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for goodness sakes, Colin, it couldn't be any more insulting. I know what it is, George. I'm winding the poor boy up. If you could see the outtakes from the Spain videos, everyone would know what that's about. <laughs> uh, yeah, Luke, uh, great to have you again on Spin the Rally Pod. And uh, to be honest with you, I know maybe at times I gave you a hard time over the weekend, but it was lovely having you with us out in Spain. Thank you, Colin. And that's quite nice of you to say because it did seem challenging at times, but I think we made it work. Just about. We. I do. I do. I do think we made it work. And also joining us this evening, fresh back from his adventures delivering helicopters, would you believe, to the other side of Europe. It's our ex-sporting director, team boss, and just all-round good rally bloke, George Donaldson. George, good to have you again this evening with us. Good. Good afternoon, uh, and. Uh, Colin and Luke, it's, it's lovely to speak to you. I'm glad to see you guys are still talking. I've had the experience too, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Colin is the only adult that's ever driven me to tears, although I probably deserved it at the time anyway. Oh, oh George, no, that, that was one that's that enough. we put behind us. No, behind yeah. us. It's okay, we is can that, laugh. Is that can laugh about it now. I, I don't no, think certainly I know not. Certainly oh, not. Certainly tell me not. afterwards. No, it's okay. Tell me afterwards. It, no, it's, it's not even one to do that. It's just It was fun stuff, actually. When you look back and it's all character-building stuff, you do these things. Anyway, I, I prefer to be now introduced as an, uh, a pilot navigator. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> George, I tell you, we, we, we had to sit, folks, we had to sit and listen to George recounting his, his story of his really quite wonderful adventure delivering this helicopter across Europe. We had to listen for 20 minutes. And I don't think, I think I said two words. I think Luke might have said, oh, yeah. I think that's all Luke said. <laughs> okay. And George just went on and on. And it was quite remarkable, really, George. It does sound like it was a heck of an adventure. You're a very talented boy, I'd have to say. Um, it's not something everyone would take on board. It was, it was quite daunting when I started. I do have a pilot's licence. It's, uh, it's, um, it's out of, out of currency at the moment. And I have flown a little bit in helicopter, so I understand them a little bit. I've done a few landings and takeoffs and things. I've had, I've had more than a handful of hours in them. But very, very rusty. But uh, my, my pilot allowed me to uh, take the controls. Uh, five or ten minutes, I was, back to, I was back to familiarity and I could keep us straight and level without feeling like we were floating on a, a large swell in the North wow. Sea, which happily we didn't wow. do as we crossed the channel. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was good fun. It was, you know, it's good to do those experiences. Low-level flying all the way across Europe, avoiding wind turbines, uh, air traffic zones, danger zones. Places you're not allowed to be parachutists. That was that's the scary one. I don't think that'd be nice. <laughs> not to mention birds of prey. We flew through the end of the Alps and then we flew th flew over the Carpathian Mountains, better known as Transylvania. I was desperate to wow. spot a lonely castle uh, nestled above a village, or a village nestled below it, I should say, so we could um, we could do a circuit and get photographs. But I saw no such castle. And then I realised, of course, uh, you wouldn't see it, would you? Because it would be well concealed. In Transylvania, I, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, vampires, <laughs> vampires called vampires called. Did you never watch vampires, any movies? That's what I thought, yeah. that's what I thought you were. I wasn't sure. Fabulous. Uh, but listen, listen, enough of vampires yeah. and helicopters, boys. Uh, we were obviously planning, up until round about this time last night, we were planning to have quite an in-depth discussion about Rally Catalonia, Rally of Spain. Um, and there was enough to give a reasonably in-depth discussion. But then the bombshell. The bombshell boys, the news came mm. and look, you and I were sitting in the airport of Barcelona and it was a genuine, genuinely one of those moments where you went, wow, wow. Listen, we, we knew that Tanak was, you know, was he likely to leave Hyundai? Yeah, I think he was likely to leave Hyundai. But the news when it broke yesterday, 
you know, the timing of the news and the suddenness of the news. It was quite shocking, wasn't it, Luke? It was. And this is where I really realised that I'm quite a sad little journalist because I was properly buzzed up about it. Like, it was <laughs> such a strange thing. Like, as you say, Colin, we, we knew it was coming, really, deep down. I don't think it, it wasn't the the fact that it was happening that shocked us. It was the timing. Because even throughout the entire weekend, he didn't look any more agitated, shall we say, than normal. It, we, we know that things at High and Die for Tanak haven't quite been as he would have liked them, shall we say, um, over the last few months. But in Spain, at least to me anyway, he didn't seem any in any way overly frustrated or more annoyed than he might otherwise have been. And we've been wondering about this a little bit between us, haven't we, as to whether he made that decision before the weekend or did he make it after he finished the rally? We, we don't yet know these details. But either way, it was quite the, quite the bombshell to end the weekend, wasn't it? It really was. Yeah, it, you know, when did he make the decision? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure he, he, he'll, he'll tell us at some point. Um, I, you know, I think the decision was probably made, to be honest with you, after Greece this year. George, Greece this year was, was, it wasn't the start of the problems. The start of the problems go way back, way back with Tanak. Uh, but Greece and what happened in Greece and the perplexing circumstances around the decision-making in Greece must have said to Tanak, something and said something really negative to him i guess yeah you know well i mean first of all the, the, you know the the rhetoric we've had from ott has been you know at, at best quite uh, alarming you know about you know who's who's running the team who's making the de- the team decisions uh, this team belongs to Thierry. he's making all the decisions on how the car set up i'm not getting a say those are alarming things to hear so i uh, um but you, you go right back to the the point at which ott left toyota you know that's the first bad decision that ott made we can say that in retrospect i remember thinking at the time why on earth has he left here to go to a team that's got a number one driver already where he was quite clearly sitting there at toyota as number one just just by dint of of you know the value he was bringing to the team so i was a little bit confused by that at the time uh, but the 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 other decisions that that the ought has the, the decision that ought's just made you'd have to say is not not putting himself in the strongest position to get the drive of his dreams next year so it's it's a, it's a, that would lead you to think it's a decision from the heart now if you'd said to me 2 months ago i'd have said yeah ought is definitely leaving but then just on the last event and a little bit in the lead up to this i'm thinking to myself there's some conciliatory comments coming you know it sounds like he's still going to be here next year and then all of a sudden, at the end of the rally, well, during the rally, of course, he started to make these comments about, I think the team are doing this, you know, well, is it incompetence or is it deliberate? I mean, you, you wouldn't be able to tell, but he, he doesn't intone anything, but you're left wondering as a, you know, as, as, a, as a, a fan, as a, as a follower, uh, and then the bombshell at the finish. Well, no, no surprise at that point, I guess. But, I mean, an odd time to make that decision but he's lucky because, quite frankly, there's a lot of flux going on with the drivers. I mean, I, I get the impression that that Yari Matti's not overly happy with Elfin Evans. I think Elfin Evans could see it. Apparently, he was being targeted with, you know, two podium positions on the last two events. Well, failed miserably on the first one. Maybe not miserably, but he's failed. Yeah. Um, not, not necessarily due to his total lack of pace, but a fraction of pace missing. And you've got to give that to a driver. You know, drivers hit, uh, um, um, you know, hot and colder patches in their in their career and and their years, and it does happen. So um, no, for sure it does, George. And, and for sure it does. But let's, let's, before before, yeah, okay, we, go before and talk we go into about, that, yes. know, maybe before before we go to the options, let's 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 just look at the the causes because, as you say, George, you know, you you can look back, you can take a look at the timelines, and you can say yes, that decision to leave. Toyota was the start of, of you know, a really, really bad run of decision-making from Tanak. But I think he was promised things that, that just weren't delivered. You know, I think when Adamo was there, um, he understood that, yeah, he was going to a team that had a car that was difficult to drive, a car that had been developed for Thierry. But my understanding is he was given assurances. He was given assurances that this year's car, you know, he would have some input in and it would be developed to his driving style. Now, when Adamo left, that, if you like, you know, that, that the guy who's making the decisions, the guy who could look after, you know, Tanak is a massively complex character, you know, and he, he's a man that's, 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 you know, that needs to be managed. And if he's not managed, then, you know, you've got the potential for all sorts of chaos. Um, you know, but, you know, when Adamo left, there was no one managing. There was no one 
offering the assurances mm. that Tanak needed. Yep. And and we then saw this, this power struggle in the team. The power struggle was between various factions. There was a, there was a struggle for engineering philosophy. And that struggle came within the engineering department and from the drivers because you know, Tanak took that car that was a dog in Monte Carlo and he could see how to make it better. Thierry Neuville took that car that was a dog in Monte Carlo and he could see how to make it better. The issue was that they were both completely different design philosophies. And at that point, George, you've got an issue on your hands unless you have someone absolutely guiding that team and saying, this is how we are going to do this. You know, then you've, yep. got, you've got an almost unworkable situation. Two very strong, very capable, very competent drivers with very different driving styles who want, quite rightly, a car that they are capable of driving to a win. I don't blame Thierry Neuville at all for the situation right now in Hyundai because, you know, it's, it's, it's not his fault. It's not his fault he wants to win. It's not his fault well, he wants a car. He's trying to fill a vacuum, drive. isn't he? He's, he recognises a vacuum and he said... I think we need to do this, guys. And you've got all saying yeah. exactly the same. Um, you, you've got to, you've got to, of course, the drivers have a massive input into how the car works, but, but your core engineering team has to have its focus and has to have strong leadership. And, and yeah, quite clearly that's not been the case. So whether there's been factions within the engineering that, that, that have, have, fu yeah. have fueled that, I've no idea. And, and it's, yeah. it's, I mean, I, I, Colin, I've, I've, I've put caveats into all my comments all year wrong. Mm. I don't want to even almost speculate about that because I know the complexities in a team, but in all the teams, in all the successful teams, there is one strong engineering lead who knows it's, knows what's right, develops that car and gives it to the driver and the drivers then tailor it to themselves that last few percent. And you have all the drivers driving it through the year. It's up to you as the engineer or the engineering team leader to to pull those, to pull the relevant points out of the driver's input, which is totally valid, and then to put it into your concept to say your idea and your idea, I can make that work within the concept, and I'll give you both a workable package that you can both drive, and that's what a good lead engineer does, a chief engineer, a Tom Fowler, if you like, um, that's what he does, and quite clearly that doesn't seem to have happened there. I, I thought Christian Lorio would have would have managed that without too much difficulty, but that's quite clearly not quite happened, which is a shame. No, no. It's a massive shame. It's a, it's um, a massive shame because, yeah. Luke, there, there's, clearly, there's clearly enormous potential in mm -hmm. that car, Luke, because you know, it's won, what, four times this year, um, and, and it, it has shown pace. It does have quite clearly issues that are still there, the unpredictable issues, the handling issues, but it, it's a shame, Luke. But do you know what? This, this might be... <laughs> I'm, I'm not really believing what I'm saying here. But this might be the opportunity that Hyundai need, Luke, to, to, to absolutely, they've talked about restructuring all year, to say, right, now we properly restructure because, you know, we've got, we've got not just issues with engineering now, we've got driver issues, we've got lineup issues, we've got strategy issues to sort out. This could be the opportunity to get things right. I, I, I don't believe that, but it might be. <laughs> it is actually quite an interesting way to look at it because, as we all know, and we've discussed it here already just, just now, that, Let's say 2022 hasn't been a smooth year for Hyundai at really any point for various things, even when things looked like they were going well. As you mentioned, there was this power struggle within the team of, of where things were going. But now, as you say, with, with one of its star drivers going, they've already decided to part ways with Oliver Solberg as well. Like, even the team principal, uh, or the, he's not even a team principal at the minute, is he? Julian Monse, he's still got that deputy title and he's had that all year. <laughs> so it's th things are in a kind of weird state of flux and this as you say from a high end perspective you have to hope this will give them the chance to really nail down what they want in Thierry Neuville they do have a fantastic lead driver that can't be denied and I guess in a way if he is the clear number one that could theoretically help any kind of ambiguity around where anybody stands but as we know I guess the risk mm. with that is and we've discussed it again here already that Neuville's what Neville wants from a car seems to be very different to most other drivers. We saw it with the old I-20. Absolutely. We're seeing it here with what Tanak yeah. wanted. I guess that's the fear, is if they go too far towards Neville's direction, are the second, third drivers going to struggle? I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself there. That, that, look, that's a, yeah, no, I don't think you are getting ahead of yourself. That's, that would be 100% my fear. When we look back to the previous generation car at Hyundai, you know, we had Andreas Mickelson coming in, couldn't drive the car. 
Uh, and the rumour is very strong, and I think it's a done deal. Mickelson will be part of the lineup next year at Hyundai. They will need another driver as well as Mickelson, but Mickelson is the obvious one. He couldn't drive the previous car, which was Neville's car. But, but more than that, you know, when you have someone of the calibre of Loeb coming into the team and not being able to get to grips with the car, um, you know, that has to be a bit of a worry. But, but, you know, it was the same with Loeb at Citroen. I mean, who else was able, during the Loeb years at Citroen, George, to actually drive the Citroen as well as Loeb could? The car was built around him. It was, um, but, but Danny, and, Danny Sordo was very often second, you know. That car was, that, was pretty good. That, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I've said this before, Colin, I'll say it again, that, that, that uh, every driver considers themselves to be a fabulous test driver. But, but, uh, but they're, they're a great test driver for themselves and very often what they're doing is practising, you know, not testing, right. they're practising. Now, that, that sounds like I might be sounding terribly unfair to drivers. It's not. It's just the reality, and that's what they need to do. Um, but Sebastian Loeb struggled with that, that, uh, that Hyundai. And, and you've got to say, you know, Colin, it was you that pointed this out to me many years ago. Look at, um, look at Thierry Neuville. He's the only driver that consistently handbrakes his, his car on all sorts of yeah. corners. So he's quite clearly got... Yeah. A, it, from outside, he just looks like a fantastic driver. His times are fantastic, but he is driving differently from everyone else. So as a team, do you want to give yourself a car that uh, one driver can drive really, really quickly on some rallies, or do you want to give yourself a car that any driver can drive very quickly on any rallies and thereby you'll get a manufacturer's championship because quite clearly the Thierry's car is difficult for anyone else to drive. And that, that's a fact. That's a solid, hard, you know, write it down in diamonds. That's a hard fact. It's, it's not impossible because other drivers do manage it. It's just, it's a, it's a different technique and, you know, I'm not disrespecting it in any way. But you've got to think about how you're do, how you're doing that. I want a driver that I want a car that any driver can go out and potentially win, and not just one guy. And add to that the fact that Thierry so often has, you know, these very very slow first days where you know the first morning or even the first whole day, he cannot drive the car, and all of a sudden on the second day, he's the quickest guy in the rally, and he you know he catches either all of it up and wins or nearly all of it up and nearly wins in an incredible performance. But that car has not radically changed in its engineering. It has not been kinematically redesigned. All that's been is some setting changes. What does that actually... I mean, now here I am. This, this does sound now quite pointed and quite harsh. But actually, what does that tell you about the driver? Either, either he's been given a pop by the team who cannot give him a consistent car. Honestly speaking, find that hard to believe. It's not an impossibility, but I find that hard to believe. Uh, or Thierry is such a delicately tuned individual. He really needs that very, very specific feeling. Uh, God only knows what it, what it would be. I mean, I'm, again, I would have to defer to, I would defer to event engineers. And we should maybe get an old event engineer in on these, uh, on these calls because he can give you more, in, even more insight than I can. I can give some insight into it. But you know, how you tune a driver to the car, if you like. And that's kind of what I think almost happens on those events. All they're changing is some clicks, a very, very small amount of geometry. They're not changing the kinematic package. Obviously, it's infinitely variable within that. But when you give Terry what he wants, all of a sudden the guy is magic. But how often, how many rallies does he come out of the box right at the start and dominate all the way through? Hard, yeah, hardly, so hardly not ever. So, so you know, mm. honestly speaking, and then Ott can come out on any rally and you know lead from the front and hang on all the way through, like in a Finland rally. Utterly amazing. Yeah. Clearly under pressure all the time. Clearly pulling it out. You know, pulling pulling magic out of the out of the carpet bag of his of his skills. Just mm. uh, you know, magical. Mag He's like a wizard. He's like a bloody so wizard, really. So he's, he's a warrior. I mean, and, I, and I'm going to use that word. Yeah. I've used it a lot, and I'm going to continue to use it a lot. I'm going to use wizard. I, I, you know, I, I used. I'm not going to. I'm not going to use wizard to you. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't at all. But but you know, you know, I used to consider him a bit of a street fighter, um, and I don't think that gives him enough credit. You know, I, I think he is a warrior. He's a warrior because warriors are the bravest of the brave. Mm. Street fighters can be a little bit mean, a little bit underhand, a little bit kind of sneaky. Hey. He's none of those things. He is just an absolute. Well, you know, agree with the uh, you know, an out and out brave warrior. Um, 
And before we go on to talk a bit more about him, let's let's finish talking about Hyundai because you know if they weren't in crisis already, if you lose two drivers, one of which you choose to lose, you you choose to get rid of, um, and and use, losing Oliver Solberg, not re-employing him for next year, is quite a dramatic change in strategy. They moved away from a medium to long-term strategy, and they have quite publicly announced a short-term strategy, which is which is uh, wins and points and titles. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really argue with that. That's not a bad, not a bad way to go. But there's someone that's there's someone that's made that decision within the within the team. It may be a collective decision. So you got rid of one driver. The other driver has your your only world champion in your team has walked. So you have a void now, and you've you've got a very strong driver, as we've said in Thierry Neuville. Um, what do you do? Mickelson, I think, is a shoe in. But what do you do? Sordo, we hear, might or might not have a decent program for next year. You still need a fourth driver yeah. there. Um, who do who'd you go with? There well, aren't that I mean, many drivers it, around. You can you um, can see you can see even Sebastian Ogier. You know he 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 needed the consistency of multiple events to get himself right back to that magic place. It does take that time. So by giving people Danny Sordo on this rally on 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 the the, the Catalunya rally, you know it took him until really the last day to get right back up to speed. I respect that a hundred percent because it. It does take a little bit of time to just put yourself right in the eye of the needle and really start to deliver mm. that performance. So part-time drivers are not the solution. Why would you take? Why would you but take that, George, Andreas Mikkelsen? That, that I think is what Why going would you for. take Andreas Mikkelsen over over Hayden Padden, for instance, or or any other driver? I mean, not, I mean Hayden Padden, yeah, I mean, Andreas Mikkelsen. I don't know Timo Sunanen, whatever. There's there are maybe other drivers now going to be on the market. You know. Um, Due, due to Ott leaving, it may be that some teams vacate a slot to 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 uh, to, to let Ott join them. So you know, would, could that be Craig Breen? Could it be? Could it be Elfin Evans? Could it be Esapeka Lapi? And 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 you know, which is the strongest out of them? Well, Elfin Evans for me is by far and away the strongest. If if that happened, who would you choose? Nah, he's not going. He's he's not. He's not leaving. He's not leaving Toyota. No, hundred percent well, not. George, well, I like every other suggestion okay, you made just, there, it's, and not, it's not it's, an absolute it's, it's, impossibility. It's just a speculative comment, you know. I mean, if yeah. you know who, who's yeah. not who's not delivered, yeah. if Toyota are being utterly harsh, and I, I only base that comment uh, on the fact that Yari Mati had give, apparently given him a target of you must target yeah. the podium on these last two events, so that. Josh, I'm going to I'm going to come do back that. to you on that do one. That. I'm going to because there's a question there's a question Fire about it. that which which I think you'll be well placed to answer. But look, before I ask George a further question about Toyota, um, what do you think, Luke, uh, in terms of drivers? Do you think maybe I'm being a little bit um, uh, you know a little bit too firm in my belief that that Mickelson is going to be there? Who might partner Mickelson? What what do you reckon would be a, a, a you know the lineup that Hyundai want and need? Who would be part of that lineup for you, Luke? <laughs> It's a difficult question, isn't it? And I think in the criteria that they've set themselves in needing a driver that is very clearly experienced, has has done a couple seasons that they know can bring manufacturer points, they have limited their options. We hear the name Chris Meek mentioned a lot, and I don't, I don't want to sound too offensive to Chris, but Chris is not the kind of driver you employ if you're looking for a manufacturer's championship. He's the kind of driver that will win you a rally. But is that what Hyundai need? They've got Neville that can do that. It's... It's very difficult to find an equilibrium, and I, I guess obviously losing Tanak was not part of the strategy. Although you have to wonder, they must have seen it coming to some point. Yeah, there there can't be a massive shot within there. So you've lost Solberg. I understand the reasons for yeah. it. I, I I still feel very sorry for him. I think he's a victim of, as as we say, a change in strategy. So I think it is quite unfortunate. But the other thing there is it, it's a bit of a a worrying message for for other young drivers who are trying to get into WRC because yeah. you've got. And no disrespect to Mickelson, he's still a very, very good rally driver. But he's had a couple of kicks at the ball in WRC. It's not the first time he's been kicked back and is coming back in. So we're, we're talking like he is coming. We're assuming he's coming. We understand that he's coming. We don't know for a fact he's coming. But it is, it's interesting. I I think, Colin, as you said, I think Neville obviously will be there. I think Mickelson will be in car two. I could honestly see as many as three drivers in the third car. Soto probably potentially wow. soon in. The other one, I'm not brave enough to call, but we were hearing various names linked. I think pretty much each and every name 
um, from the past maybe 10 years in WRC at some point has maybe been linked with that drive. So yeah, 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 we'll have yeah. to see. Well, I've, I've read, yeah, I've read Peter Solberg's name mentioned this morning. It was, it was, <laughs> even, I believe, I believe, Yari Mati Latvo's name was jokingly mentioned by Deville well, in a press conference as well, which would be quite the turnaround. But do you know what? If Latvala hadn't taken the job two years ago as team principal, he'd be up there. He he'd be up there as one of your picks. He'd be a cast iron guaranteed pick. For, for one of these seats that are floating around. Um, so, George, so my question to you, uh, by the way, I'll, I'll tell you who I think is going there. I do think Mickelson's going there, and I think Mickelson is going for a number of reasons. Uh, Mickelson will do as he's told, basically. Um, and Andres Mickelson has a magnificent relationship with Thierry Neuville, and I think that will count for an awful lot. Yeah. I think that'll count for an awful lot. Uh, Mickelson is no longer at the point in his career where it's a dangerous thing to say because you never know until until you see him performing. But I don't think he's at a point in his career where he wants to prove what he's capable of. He will just, you know, he will quite happily take whatever it might be, a year or two years contract, and he'll do as he's told. The, the, the third or fourth driver is, is more interesting. Yes, Sordo. You know, there were still doubts before Spain as to whether Sordo would continue, but my understanding is that, that he will continue next year. He certainly showed that pace, but, but as George rightly said... You know, it is proving so difficult to get into these cars on a part-time basis and to be up to speed. Um, you know, you said it a number of times over the weekend as well, Luke. Your Ogier's win here, your, the, the, the foundations for that were laid in New Zealand. You know, it was, it was two in a row. You know, they laid the foundations in New Zealand. He built his speed. He built his, his, his knowledge, his understanding of the car in New Zealand, and then bang, onto the tarmac, and he was untouchable. Again, so I, I, three drivers in that car, I cannot see it. I cannot see three in the third car. Um, but I think maybe, maybe Sunanen, really maybe Sunanen. We'll have to wait and see. But George, the point I was going to ask, say to you, you know, you, you mentioned Elvin Evans there and you talked about Toyota. Um, you know, how ruthless is Toyota as an organization, you know? Are they the sort that would say, no, you've not delivered what, what you were expected to deliver? Uh, you're off? I, I can't see it. Toyota always allowed the team to function as it, as it needed. And, and uh, from, from, from the old TTE's point of view, that was Uwe Anderson that decided that. And Uwe could be quite ruthless, but he was also very considerate. He was an ex-driver. So he had a heart, but, but he, also, he also could drop the portcullis on people when he had to. Um, now, now, the stakes are much higher now than they used to be. The costs are so much higher. Um, the, the stakes are, are so much higher. And uh, maybe I'm just getting older as well. I would, I, I, I would be quite capable of being that ruthless, as ruthless as I had to be, to do that. And and you know, you're you're looking for performance out of out of drivers and teams. Yeah, I mean, Toyota's lineup this year, the part-time Ogier, that didn't work. It didn't really work for it. It's worked a little bit now, and and fair enough. Um, it, it's Seb Seb got points here and there. And, you know, what's he fifth or sixth in the championship? It's not not bad. In a couple of disappointing sort of runs, so maybe maybe it was okay. But as a team manager, if I was team manager, I don't want a part-time driver. Thanks very much, but but no thanks type thing. Um, it, it, it's, it's, oh, I'm not. I'm not George. I think oh, that's a bit harsh on been, uh, I think totally. he, he should have won Monte, yeah. and he won here. I, I think. I think maybe. And again, back to your point, Luke. I think maybe maybe you could employ part-time drivers, but you'd have to be very very Me very methodical. Very them. methodical. Yeah. Methodically, yeah. you know, I, I think just saying, you know, okay, we'll have three drivers, one, two, three, and then rotate them again, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That doesn't work. You've got to find blocks of rallies that suit each driver so that they can get that consistent seat time and learning in the car. Like, you know, you can't have a driver getting in the car for, say, say Sweden and whatever, mm -hmm. Mexico, and then sitting out the car again until we get to, say, Finland or uh, wherever it might be. You know, I don't think that would work going forward. I really don't. Um, so, yeah, so plenty, plenty. Listen, there's plenty, plenty to talk about. There's, there's all sorts, I'm sure, to talk about. There's all sorts will come out with regards to Toyota. But let's head back to the man of the moment, gentlemen. Let's talk about Oit Tanak and, and his options that he may have now. And you have to assume that he's got, well, he does have options. Everything is an option. You're sitting out the year is an option. A part-time drive is an mm -hmm. option. You know, going to wherever is an option. He definitely has options. Um, Look. Let's hear your thoughts first on Tanak's options. That's very general, Colin. Open the floor nicely. Uh, it, it, as you say, it is, I was going to say it's difficult. In a way, it's not difficult because within reason, 
I guess Tanak has the pick of the bunch though. We understand that he is essentially the entire key to this driver market situation that's rapidly becoming rather quite exciting. Um, but what does he do? It is the real question. And you can I've thought about this to, uh, to myself a lot in the last 24 hours since we've learned about the news. And every single time I come up with a different answer as to what I think he will do and what I think he should do. We know that Malcolm Wilson, M Sport, is a massive Tanak fan and he'd have nothing more to get back in the car. Particularly as you've seen that their lead driver, Craig Boone, hasn't always been up to the level that was perhaps expected this year. So Tanak would fill that void. But do... That's generous. <laughs> hasn't, hasn't once been up to the level that was expected. Well, do... Maybe Monte Carlo. Maybe Monte Carlo. Well, do does M Sport have the the funding and the, the financial capability to hire Tanak? I think that's going to be the main stumbling block. Because I'm sure Oit mm. would accept a pay cut compared to what he's on at High and Die, but he's not going to drive for nothing. He can't afford to. He's not going to. I was going to say risk his life. It's not quite as serious as that. But generally speaking, it is driving a rally car. You never know what could potentially happen one day. He's got a family, so he, he can't get into that car and do it for nothing. He he, he just can't at this stage of his career. He's a world champion. He he's better than that, so he he won't do that. But <laughs> I don't know. Is that his preferred option? Could he go back to Toyota? Colin had a couple of theories about that over the weekend. Perhaps he'll. Be happy to share them here as well, but um, I, as you yeah. say, there, 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 yeah. there's so many options available to him theoretically, um, and I can only assume. What you're suggesting, he would share a car with Oji, you reckon? Yes, John. Okay, exactly man. that. Exactly. So, so you know, I think uh, you know, um, Oit's got other concerns outside of rallying for for next year, uh, and I do remember talking to him. I think it was pre New Zealand, and we talked about the new calendar, and and he said something about. Oh, all these long hauls, all these long hauls. I'm not liking all these long hauls. And it just got me thinking, well, what if Toyota came to him and said, you know, I tell you what, we'll let you do the European events next year and you can, you can share a car with Ogier. Um, Ogier is not going to hang around doing part-time seasons forever. I think there's every chance that next year will be Ogier's last season. So, you know, it is very possible that Tanak and Toyota are talking. At, listen, it's not possible. It's guaranteed that they are talking. He will be talking to everyone. Um, Oit, well, Oit's management will be talking to everyone. You know, I, I don't see that as being absolutely inconceivable that he could share a car with Ogier next year. It would be a remarkably strong lineup. Um, and then at the end of next year, Tanak can reassess his situation in terms of, you know, uh, you know the other influences on, on his decision-making. And he can decide if he wants a full-time season. I, I think that's very, very possible. I really do. Um, uh, Interesting. You know, do Toyota... Yeah. Do Toyota need him? Maybe not next year, but maybe going forward in the future, particularly as you pointed out, George, with, with Elvin's slightly concerning uh, lack of form just now. Maybe they do well, need that. If, if, if Ott goes to Toyota on a part-time basis with Sebastian Ogier, you'd have to say you'd be lucky to see, you'd, you'd be lucky to see Hyundai win three or four rallies. As, as they've done. They're certainly not, yeah, they're certainly not got a championship, not with Andreas Mikkelsen, not with any other driver that's available on the marketplace. Actually, and George, if and if we go back to this talk about ruthlessness, mm -hmm. if if and, and you rightly said, you know, they can't afford not to be ruthless. You know, if that option is available to Toyota, um, why yeah. not? Why not yeah. take it? Well, I mean, Danny Danny Sordo's proved now, to be a fabulous. He's the best third driver this year, categorically. Yeah, well, and if he, if he'd not been part time, I suspect he would have been even better. But maybe maybe. You know, maybe not because maybe he would have been thinking to himself it was too hard, and he didn't. He wouldn't have maintained his mojo as he has done, um, or despite the, the the atrophy in between events that he's had to suffer. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But but basically, if if Ott goes to Toyota, that's Toyota got everything. M Sport are going to be sitting yeah. there, honestly speaking, as we look at it at the moment, in the wilderness, right. in the wilderness. Yeah. So. So let's let's talk about that then. So you you've said, look, and I agree with you. And David David said that as well. David Evans, our wonderful chief writer, has said that in a in a great piece he's written this morning that you know don't assume anything about Tanak and M Sport because there are really some rather large financial obstacles to overcome uh, before Tanak even even thinks about going to M Sport. Um, but you know it, it does leave them in, a, in in an interesting position. But here here is the thing that could be interesting. Uh, and, and David, again, kind of hinted at something along these lines in the article he wrote this morning. Um, you know, the red-grey team, it's, it's a team that clearly is Tanak's team. It's Tanak and it's Marco Martin. There's an interesting situation there, isn't there? Because red-grey are very closely linked 
with Hyundai. What might we see happening there? Well, I'm sure that'll all come out in the next few months. But what if, George, what if, what if Tanak, with his multitude of backers, and I, and I, I don't know this, but I'm assuming he, he knows some, some people who may be prepared to back him, what if he decided to run his own operation, a bit like Peter Solberg did? Yeah, that was, that was fabulous, um, fabulously successful. Oh, no, it wasn't. Well, here, here's my yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is it possible, George? Is it possible? And, and you know, Solberg tried. Uh, you know, Robert Kubica is another one who tried in the World Rally Car and said, actually, what I've discovered about this championship is you cannot win unless you're in a full factory car. Is that something worth considering? And could maybe, maybe a Tanak and young Solberg team um, with private, I don't know, private, uh, you'd have to say, Pumas, could they, could they win right well, Yes, categorically, because Malcolm, Malcolm's team right now is, is absolutely, you know, on, on the point, is a commercial operation. If, he, if he's supplying cars and parts and probably some technical expertise and keep the cars running, uh, so, you know, minimum, minimum event support, but, but um, running, ought running his own team with, with, uh, with young Peter Solberg, yeah, absolutely, that, 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 that would be a full factory car. Malcolm would make sure it was a full factory car because it's in Malcolm's interest to, to make sure that all his cars are maximum. And I'm categorically sure they are. When I go to rent my car from Malcolm, I'm quite sure that I will get the full, the full carafe because he, he wants all his customers singing their praises as he does have at the moment. This is a fabulous car. Actually, Malcolm, you won't need to give me the best car because I'm just wanting to go out and have some fun. But I'll tell everyone it's as good as everyone else's. <laughs> Luke, what do you think about that? Is it, you know, is that a possibility? Do you think it's, it is hard to know? But I'd absolutely love it if it came true. I think it would be a really interesting story, a really interesting dynamic, and really, I guess the other way to look at it is, yes, it's good for for M Sport if it did happen. They're running pubas in the win, but what would it make the factory operation look like if if the sort of standalone satellite it makes makes no difference it's, it's, exa- it's exactly the same it's exactly the same thing Luke come on it, I mean that's the whole point of that you know when when Petter was running the the Citroen it it would be a full spec car but he was running it himself uh, if if Ott runs those Pumas Malcolm would make sure it was as good as the factory because Malcolm wants that car to win that's that's you know of all the cars Malcolm's ever that's made it. this one is the closest to his heart it's absolutely his baby I, I agree with Malcolm, but just, just to put your right on something mm. there, George, and, I, and it's very, very rarely I get the opportunity to put you right. <laughs> so take I will it, do. take it. Yeah. Very rare. Uh, Solberg, when he was running the Zara, it was far from a full factory car. That chassis that he had was actually one of the very first Zara okay, chassis. And I then. saw it when it, was being, when it was being rebuilt. It was a patchwork of welds underneath the car. It was quite remarkable okay, there you just go, how much attrition that car had seen. But, but, but that, that's a million the other miles thing, from the, the other scenario thing, Colin, that we're why, painting. Why would Ott want to run his own team if he's trying to actually generate a little bit of free time and a little bit less stress and all those long hauls were awful? Absolutely. If you start running absolutely. your own team, absolutely. it is absolutely 24-7. You're answering yeah. your phone all the time. You're, you're coaxing people to do yeah. things for you. You're trying to get things done. Uh, in impossible yeah. timescales, so oh, I know. Yeah, don't run your own team. So, yeah. no, if you if if you're wanting no, you're a part time right. drive, he... get a package together with Malcolm. It's yeah. as simple as. I mean, that's the easiest option. Yeah. Make a compromise if, if he's going to have to compromise anything on his income. Make it a part time drive and go into that Puma. Quite clearly, can win and ought. I'm quite sure will instantly win in that car. Yeah, I, I could quite easily see I, I, listen, world I, champion I, I don't next know. year. I don't know whether he wants a part time drive. That is one of the yeah. many scenarios that, that, Luke, you and I talked about before even Rally Spain. You know, there were four or five, maybe six scenarios that we could see realistically you know, playing out for Tanak. And one of them was that he stayed at Hyundai, and that was the least likely, as has proved <laughs> to be the case. As has proved to be the case. I don't know whether he wants a part-time season next year. I really don't. I'm just surmising from one or two things I've heard. But the, the other situation, and th- this is where I think it's really dangerous for Hyundai, is that you know, there is nothing more dangerous than a wounded warrior looking for vengeance. Mm. I tell you, I tell you, you know, if, if Tanak gets himself into, into an M-Sport car and he's a demanding character uh, and he will demand, the, as you say, George, the very best car from M-Sport and they will give him the very best car. Um, if he goes to Toyota, he will demand the very best that's available amongst all the drivers that are there. Uh, 
I would I would be concerned. If mm. I was it's terrifying. Guy. It's because terrifying. He, you know, he 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 will yeah. want he he will want to prove to prove to those people who he thinks and and uh, you know and as I've said in something I've written today, you know, he he thinks he was hard done done by, it. and it's very hard to argue against that mm. on the evidence that we've all yeah. seen. Um, he will he quite potentially will want to prove a point, and for me, oh, Oit Tanak Oit Tanak could be the most fired up next year potentially. Could be the most fired up next year that we have ever seen. Yep, yeah, I think that's oh, sorry, highly George. likely. Sorry, no, I just, sorry, I was just agreeing with Colin. Absolutely highly likely. Well, it is a scary thought, and I think the biggest person or the, the person, sorry, that's going to be the the most concerned by that has to be Callie Rovenberra, doesn't it? Because I think I'm potentially not going to upset anyone by saying that Rovenberra <laughs> and Tanak are the best two drivers in the championship right now. You put those two in two equal cars that can both win, whether that's the same car, whether it's two different ones that are at a similar level, that is going to be a fight that we all want to see. And as you say, Con, if there's an added edge to Tanak's motivation almost to, to get the job done, then buy me. Um, he's, yeah. It could be another level. Lukey, Lukey, Lukey. You, you've got that one 100% yeah. wrong, mate. I'm sorry. You, you really have. Um, if you'd said any other driver than Robin Perra, I'd have agreed with you. Robin Perra doesn't care. Yeah. Robin Perra will actually welcome, mm. will welcome a bit more competition. Robin Perra just deals with everything. He won't care. If I was Thierry Neuville, if I was Craig Breen, if I was Elvin Evans, if I was any of those other drivers who think that they can mount a challenge to Robin Perra, well, I would be really concerned about a fired-up Tanak because Tanak will be the man that realistically will offer the biggest challenge to Robin Perra. Robin Perra won't give two hoots. He really won't. He'll just get on with it and deal with Deal with whatever, whether he wins or not, will be another matter. But he'll just get on with it and deal with yeah. whatever the one, other drivers. One event at a time, and he'll just he'll rise to the challenge as he needs to. But I he mean, will. why, why would you? Why he would will. you take? Why would you really want a team? So you've got, you've got Kalarovan Perra, Sebastian Ogier part time maybe, uh, Elfin Evans uh, when he's on form, fabulous, fabulous driver, really another very close to that that ultimate top pace, but, you know, so close to it, tantalisingly close. And then you put Tanak in the mix. You know, just everyone else might as well just go home. You're killing the championship. Why would you do that as a, as a team? You know, you're trying to create sport here. You, you, you don't want all the good drivers. You need the, the teams to have competition. And they've won handsomely this year with what they've got. Why would they change that lineup? So I don't see Ott going to Toyota unless they lose Sebastian Ogier. Or another driver. They're not going to lose. A, 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 uh, you tell George, me they're not going to lose another two. I don't, I don't see the point. It's it, it's essentially self-destructive. You say that. You say that. But that's what Hyundai tried to do under they the did. And yeah, and, when, they took, and, when they took when they took that worked took, that worked, um, that worked so well as well. That worked so well. Such an inspired move. Well done, Andrea. That was a brilliant move. Well done. Look where it's ended up, mate. Yeah. Sorry, I like I like you, Andrea. You never listen yeah. to this anyway. He, 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 he loves he this. Oh, does this he? Religiously. Okay. He listens religiously, yeah. George. Yeah. Yeah, Smart but that's okay. Smart. Hey, look, but it's easy to be wise well. after the event. I mean, <laughs> if I was Andrea, I, I, I would have probably done the same thing, to be honest. But um, maybe yeah. without his strong leadership or... Whatever. I mean, I think I think engineering wise, quite clearly the team has has lacked a little bit over the years. Now it would appear, and not in terms of the skill, but in terms of the way the whole thing has gelled, and and brought together. And where, you know, where, where's that? Where's that strong leadership? In the, where's the strong yeah, exactly. leadership within yeah. the engineering team that says this is the car, yeah. these are the drivers, this is what each driver has to do. Not the drivers coming in saying, yeah. I need this in the core product. No, the core product has to be pure and it has to be well-conceived, bulletproof, gone through the mill, been reviewed many times, assessed, had lots of input. There it is. Now, we know that it'll work for this driver. And, you know, you know what you need for a lot and you know what you need for Thierry. The two things are different. So you need to make the package that works for both. But honestly, handbrake, honestly, handbrake. How how Thierry is as fast as he is it would defy belief because he's on the handbrake all the time. But I'm not de decrying it. I mean, Thierry on his day, my God. And nearly every rally, the guy actually puts in those times. I mean, Spain, brilliant performance. Absolutely brilliant. And, and, and here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. And, and, you know, it is very easy to paint Thierry Nouvelle as the the yours as, as the bad man and all of this and not he's at not all. He's not at all I agree Colin he's not and, I, and listen I, I'm hearing some 
even within the team, there are some some divisions. And one or two people last night in the team, perhaps getting a little bit leery, uh, you know, blaming various factions when they shouldn't be. There, there are others to blame other than the drivers for this whole mm. debacle in Hyundai. Thierry Neuville, Thierry Neuville has one intention in his life, and that is to win the drivers' title. And he will do everything he can to win the drivers' title, as does Oit Tanak, as will um, Elvin Evans or Robin Perra, whoever. You know, they, they are focused, driven, dedicated, professional drivers. They will do what they can. And, you know, Terry Neuville, I'm sure, doesn't want to be in the middle of all this politics, doesn't want to be in the middle of all this decision-making. He just wants to be able to get on with driving that car, developing that car, and winning rallies. And, and it's very easy. And it's, you know, there's a lot of it in the social media today. Um, people painting Neuville as this big, bad bogeyman. And he's, he's far from it. He really is far from it. I wasn't aware it. of any of that. Um, it, it's, I think a good solution is not yeah, to look at yeah. social media. Yeah, that's just social. I think you're right. It's just social. You, you'll see all sorts. You'll I, have people I, I to, refuse to. Anti-social, George. Anti-social media. Anti-social yeah, well, media. I refuse to look at that stuff. Yeah. I'll just have a, I'll just have a Dish. chat with you guys and all our all our friends and listeners, whom I'm sure will. Mm. I mean, guys, you know, I know I never I look at Facebook about once a week, and that's when I see some comments from some of you guys, um, and and I try to always respond, but uh, I won't do. I, I I just trying to get away from Facebook and Twitter. I, I find them onerous. I don't know. So, boys, any last word then from from uh, from both of you, either of you, on the situation before we move on very quickly to discuss Catalonia? Because <laughs> okay. we're already I've got I've got one comment, in. Colin. It's just it's just Quick all a bit thought. bizarre, really, isn't it? It's just a bit uh -huh. bizarre. It is. It is. No one's bizarre. safe. It, it's a little. No one's little surreal. There's so many contracts we thought were in in place, and so many lineups we thought were confirmed, and even the Toyota situation like sort of says that. Even I'm sure it was two months ago we had Latva coming out to say that he saw no reason to change his lineup, and now he does always hit back with the question of we've won the championship, so why should I change it? And I think that's his belief. Whether that's what Toyota, the, the wider company wants, we don't know. But mm. when you've got these options. You, you, you can't commit yet. You'd be foolish to commit because this this is going to gather at pace. There's going to be plenty of interesting developments, conversations. And put it this way, I'd love to be a fly in the wall um, in various offices at the minute this week. As, um, yeah, I'm sure yeah. things ramp up. Yeah. I I, I can, yeah, there's a I lot of think, scenarios. It's not just us days, as, as a team manager, it was always an interesting series of conversations around lazy long afternoons sipping on sipping on uh, espressos, discussing all the opportunities and possibilities, and we're talking to this guy, this guy's coming in to see us tomorrow, make sure you're here, et cetera, et cetera. Always fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, fun fun and fascinating, yeah. I'm sure, of that over the next the next few weeks. Well, there'll be more to come, that's absolutely for sure, in terms of driver lineups, and, and we'll hear more, I'm sure, from Oit and his team, uh, hopefully over the next couple of weeks. Uh, now, let's talk about Spain then. Uh, Luke, you were out there for the first time. What was your impression of Rally Catalunya based in Sulu? It was quite a nice experience for me, A, just to get to an event. and Because um, mainly the thing I want to stress here is that with Colin Clark, every single day is equivalent to a school year. And this was the point that was hammered home to me. In terms of learning. In terms of learning. Learning, yeah. you're right. I learned, I learned everything from this man. <laughs> everything. We had plenty of geographical details as well, just to show me things as well. I hope that, included, I hope that included some fine restaurants. If he let you down there, he's just, he's failed miserably. Oh, no, George. George, we found probably the finest restaurant in Cambrils. We did. And it was quite literally five minutes, not even that, a two-minute walk from where we were staying. It was wonderful. You'd have, you'd have, you'd have been very pleased and proud I'm, of my I'm episode. already proud, Colin. Well done. Well done. Thank you, mate. Well, I've learned, I learned everything about restaurants. <laughs> no, hardly, but I, I do. I will seek them out. I will seek them out. I, I'm, I, am, I, I, I never lack the energy to find somewhere interesting to eat. The only, the, so, the only so time, just, just quickly, yeah, the only time Colin let us down on that front was the airport on the way home. And we ended That's, up with... He, he, he is blameless. He is blameless for that. Blameless. Yeah, thank blameless. you, George. Uh, well, no, it was, no, it was slightly my fault because clearly, you know, having two youngsters stroke children with me over the weekend <laughs> i was responsible for all of the planning and all of the logistics and i thought i'd given up enough time for the drive to stop at mcdonald's because you know what it's like every every you know when you've got a couple of kids in the back of the yeah. car a little happy meal keeps them happy doesn't <laughs> it, 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 it does work a treat yeah so, get that much so, flurry but, down but i hadn't, hadn't planned quite enough time i hadn't quite pla planned quite enough time for the happy meal um so i had two very grumpy children when we got to barcelona airport 
That was a bit. I, Colin, you were the you were the grumpy one. Was there no food available at the airport? Oh, there, not, there was food. Surely there was food at the airport, wasn't there? There was, yeah. It's well, just we, not we were great in options. It was like one place. Wasn't it wasn't there. great. Yeah, one option. That was it. Which is yeah. okay. It was perfect. Yeah. Was that this morning or last night? Last night. Uh, very very late hours oh, right, of last okay. night. Yeah, uh, but listen, that, that just maybe maybe says something. George maybe says something about about Rally Catalonia within a minute or two of talking about it. We digressed. Oh, it's fabulous! Me. Yeah, have to say, I have to say, boys, it's it, it really, it, it's it's one of those rallies that the drivers love because the roads and the stages are so enjoyable to drive. But from my point of view, oh goodness me, uh, when they took the day of gravel, disaster, they, they, they disaster, any disaster, Colin, they yeah. sucked any interest out of it, and it. You know, it, it is. It is. No, it's no one's fault. It's not. You know, it is. Great it's somebody's. It's somebody's fault. The service park is. No, no, no. It's. It's no one. No, no one. It's absolutely it's no nobody. One around the nobody spot. around the rally. Um, absolutely. Because because you know it was it was an edict, wasn't it, from the FIA? It saying because no of the teams. The teams events. didn't like it. Right. I blame yeah, the teams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, there you so, go. So, so there you go. So you know, but but for me, it, it is just one of those rallies. You know, there aren't many rallies. That that I struggle for fever with, and I really struggled. You did get fevered over the weekend. You did really struggled. Yeah, strange. I, I've not been with you on events before, obviously, but you didn't. You you definitely were, particularly on Saturday afternoon, weren't you? You just weren't. And at that point, this was it. We thought we might have a battle for the lead, and all credit to Moje, just bossed it, didn't he? He drove into the distance. But at that point, it's yeah. like that the sort of anticipation and the excitement and the story to tell wasn't there, and. I, I've, I've written something on this that should go out tomorrow. So if, if you listen to this on Tuesday when the podcast comes out, so I won't say too much to spoil it. But as as you sort of alluded to there, Colin, there are kind of, there's three ways to look at it. There's the drivers who love it. There's the fans who all go to the rally that love it. Because as I say, it's cheap and the stages are beautiful. It's good weather. There's plenty of, of social life and parties if you're into that sort of stuff. But for those watching at home, for those watching the story of a rally, hmm. Not just didn't, no, didn't, didn't, didn't really, not, yeah, didn't really catch well, fire. Not the highlight of the season, put it that way. Yeah, I, I got I got my boat out on uh, Friday night, and put it into the back of my mini, uh, which is a small inflatable boat, and I went up to Loch Marie in the northwest Scottish Highlands with a friend, and we sailed around that loch all day, looking at the, all day. There's a multitude of islands and small water passages, and we just had a lovely day looking at sea eagles and mountains in in uh, in the autumn. It was a fantastic day. And he wanted to he wanted to get all the peaks on all the islands. Now the peaks are only like thirty meters high, but none of these islands are inhabited. There's no wildlife, so there's no paths. He has to beat his way through four feet thick, so more than a meter of undergrowth. It's quite hard going. So I sat in my boat and I watched WRC for those half hour periods on about six islands. But um, I didn't dedicate myself to 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 Spain because it's not exciting enough, Colin. But and, and do you know what? You know, again, it, it was this kind of seasons over syndrome, which yeah, sadly I think yeah. in terms of the British Championship, the Cambrian is str- struggling with this this coming weekend. You know, the season's over, championships being decided. Um, okay, we were we were waiting for the formalities of Toyota claiming the the manufacturers, but that that certainly didn't help. It really didn't help. But you know, the reason that they put the day of gravel into Rally Catalonia was because we'd had a succession of years where things just didn't change you establish the leaderboard the top 10 you know with a stage or two to go on friday and nothing changed through through the rest of friday saturday and into sunday i seem to remember one year it was the top 11 or maybe even the top 12 didn't change mm. from the penultimate stage on friday till the end of yep. the rally um you know i don't know i don't know T- tarmac rallying is exciting as hell and, and i give you as an example rally germany i always loved rally germany there was always Always something happened yeah. there. There was always more jeopardy there, there Colin. Wasn't Much yeah. more jeopardy every day. Different jeopardy. Lots of weather potential. Mm-hmm. Colin loves jeopardy. Uh, as rally well. jeopardy. Favorite thing. I do love That's a bit I of jeopardy. It. Say yeah. it for me, Luke. Go on, go on. Oh, not... He does an impression, George. <laughs> do an impression, Luke. Do it. Do it. Put now. it to the press. Hang on. What do you want me to say? Give me a sentence, Colin. Tee me up. Tee me up. I'm what, see. Just say, say, you know, rally Germany is you know it's the favorite tarmac rally. Um, because it's full okay. of jeopardy. Rally Germany is my favourite tarmac rally, and the jeopardy in the stages. And I don't know how to finish it. Yeah, that was okay. That was good. That was good enough. That was good enough. A poor impression, but it had the flavour. Colin's much more dramatic than that. But you were you were like seventy percent of the way there. It's a good effort. It was a good effort. 
good effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There we go. Uh, so yeah, so so listen. So what we're hearing about Catalonia, you know, again, another talking point from the weekend was the lack of a calendar for what the WRC. What on earth is going on? Joke. A joke, a joke, George. But it's it's uh, for once I have real sympathy for the promoter. Um, you know, I I, I think good God, I think there's, never there's more to this. There's more to this than just well, yeah, I know. But there's more to this than perhaps we're being told. Um, and and it's just ridiculous. It's ri- ridiculous. You know, there are teams, there are drivers. More importantly, there are other championships around the world who are waiting, waiting to formulate and finish off their their calendars and can't until we get a WRC mm. calendar. It could could quite conceivably now be November. Um, well, probably will be, won't it? Because it ain't coming what, this what's week. What's the problem? So, is, it, yeah. is, it, is it money? Because I guess the uh, events George, are good. Depends, depends, depends on it you depends talk. You ask, no, it depends yeah. on it's who politics, you politics. The promoter has proposed a calendar that went before the council for a vote. Um, and for various reasons, uh, it, it wasn't accepted. But um, uh, you know, I do have a great deal of sympathy because... You know, it's never easy, never easy to, you know, the politics involved in, in, in pulling a, a, a World Rally Championship mm. calendar together shouldn't be underestimated. There's a massive oh, absolutely. amount of I'm fully, ASNs, fully aware of it, yeah. Uh, the various regions, mm-hmm. the, the various teams as well, because they all have their own, their own agendas. Um, and then there's the politics between perhaps the yeah. FIA and the promoter. There are various uh, different uh, things. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and again, George, you're going you're to fall off your chair. But um, I have to say that the man responsible for pulling the calendar together at the promoter is a man called Simon Larkin, and he does a very solid job. Year after year, he does a very solid job. You know, we've moved the calendar more towards a sustainable economic footing, you know, and it has to be. You know, it's no good just saying we want all these wonderful rallies in, like, like UK, like Spain, or GB, like Spain, like Acropolis. You know, they're all traditional. Maybe even San Remo will have that back as well. Yeah, that's lovely, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for the long term. It doesn't work economically. You know, what Simon Larkin and the promoter have done is they've managed to put together um, a format that works. You know, it's, it is a checkbook calendar, but, you know, it balances tradition. It balances um, your, your classic rallies with, with new emerging rallies who, let's face it, yes, they're paying to be on the calendar, but they're paying to invest in the championship. They invest in their rallies. They invest in the sport. They invest in the WRC. I'm all for that. I'm absolutely all for that. And the promoter's doing a good job in that regard. But, but things have gone wrong here and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for anyone involved. So all I'd say is, you know, come on, boys and girls, get the boxing gloves off and um, start hugging it out because I'm all for hugging it out. Oh, that's days, very, George. very, very, uh, very, hug it very out. woke of <laughs> you, Colin. Hug what can I say? Hug yeah. it is rather. But I'm all for hugging it out. Hug it out and let's get on. Let's get this calendar signed off and let's allow the rallying uh, communities around the world just to get on with what they've got. I'm quite to. happy to get, jump in there, Colin. Forget the hug and I'll just knock a few heads together and we'll sort it out properly. <laughs> for goodness <laughs> sakes. It's pretty what, straightforward, what, what, this. What honestly. about you, Luke? What would you do? Would you knock heads or would you hug it out? I think I'd hug it out. I saw Colin having a couple of hugs with people at the weekend. It's not quite nice. So I'll take that option rather than a bit of a fight. <laughs> That's easier this, for is, me. this is absolutely pathetic, the lot of you. But, but, but we'll have to go with it. I'm loving George, it. I'm George, loving George, it. It's pathetic. But I have to tell you, George. Yes. Before, before the hugging out, he very much witnessed the banging Ooh. of the heads. Oh, I did. I did. I, 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 yeah, we won't go into that, but I preferred the hugging version. It was easier for me when trying to work. I understand. I understand. <laughs> right, boys, boys, boys. I tell you what, I very, very much enjoyed this past hour, um, and I'm sure we could carry on for another hour, but we won't because I have strict instructions from uh, the lady who controls everything, from the lovely Lisa, uh, to keep it below an hour. So, uh, but final thoughts. Any final thoughts from either of you? Yeah, Catalonia needs to have a gravel day and it possibly two gravel days and one asphalt and it'll be a fantastic rally again. It really needs that, plus the fact there's some great restaurants down there on the bottom of that gravel, that, that gravel leg that I really want to go to again. Yes, yes, yes. My favourite in the world, yes. George. Have you been to the one in Bort with the huge, the yes, huge window? Yes, I have. With you and my on my own many times. My favourite, Many times, Colin. Good, 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 good. Luke? I, w- I would just Final. I would just say and it's a plug rather than a thought but just make sure you're keeping an eye on all of Dirtfish's channels whether that's the website social media or YouTube the podcast because let's just say there's plenty to come in the next few weeks yeah and, and can I can I ask one more question well yeah, Lisa may cut this out but why is Nate not with us today he would have been great in this conversation today 
Nate, Nate, we're, we're saving Nate for even greater oh. things, George. For even greater things, Nate the Great. Nate the Great. You know, okay, it's been a great conversation, but Nate the Great is being saved for the for, for greater things. I need my uh, mucker. I need my <laughs> mu- Nate's absolutely, definitely my mucker, and and I need him. I need him on the on these podcasts to back me up. <laughs> He's, he's your bucker, George, because he uncomplainingly oh, listens to every not. That's absolute nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolute nonsense. I've never heard such rot in my life. Boys. Fair enough, Colin. Boys, thank you very much for this evening. George Love Donaldson, it. off you Love go and see if you can get that boat extracted from the back of that mini. That that made me giggle. How you get a boat it's, into it's, a mini, it's I've got inflatable. no idea. It's inflatable. Don't yeah. tell me. Don't tell me. I want to live with that thought. Okay. I want to live with that thought. George, thank you very much. And look, um, I really do hope that your day off that you've had today <laughs> has allowed you to recover. Recover from your experiences in Catalonia. With He's, the scarred, yeah, Colin. He's scarred, Colin. He's scarred. Boys, good night. good night. Thank you very much. See you all Cheers, see again Thank soon. Bye-bye. Nice.